How does your snow company handle years where there's not a lot of snow, like certain parts of the country last year? Check out this interview with Todd Reinhardt, who just presented at the Simus Symposium about his readiness fee, how he gets his clients to pay monthly, and how it helps him cover his overhead and save his clients some costs in big snowfall years. Plus, Todd shares his vision for having zero riding lawnmowers within five years and how he actually sees that as a benefit to his people by using autonomous mowers and a little bit about how they have a full-time data analyst. Hey everyone, Jack Joss is here. Welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. This show is all about inspiring the snow and landscape industry with new ideas on sales, marketing, and leadership. And I'm excited to interview my client, Todd Reinhardt, about what he's doing with his company. So let's get into the interview with Todd. And if you enjoy this conversation, be sure you subscribe at landscapersguide.com slash podcast so you never miss an episode. So I'm here with Todd Reinhardt, who just presented how to create, what was it, how to create win-win. Win-win. Yeah, win-win pricing strategies for snow removal. It was very interesting. So Todd, we only have a couple minutes. It was an awesome presentation, really learned a ton. Tell us, what is the readiness fee and how does that impact your pricing? Sure, so what we did was we took, we took a general snow contract that's a mm -hmm. per inch snow contract and we really separated it out into two things. We have a fixed cost. Um, every snow contractor does has a fixed cost, whether they park a piece of equipment on the site or whether they rent a piece of equipment. They have that fixed cost for that piece of equipment and then their variable cost is the hourly rate um, that they have to pay people to run that equipment. So what happens in, is in a regular snow year, uh, if you have a, just a per inch snow contract with no readiness fee built in, um, you can really get hurt um, and you can really end up paying for your rental or for paying for that equipment all mm -hmm. winter and you rec recoup no cost on that whatsoever. Uh, in our model, the readiness fee we have is we take that rental for that equipment or maybe a depreciation if we own it and we come up with what we would be, um, what we would have to pay ourselves either internally or externally for that rental piece of equipment. We mark that up a certain amount to cover our overhead, whether it be fuel, wear and tear mm -hmm. on the piece of equipment, the tires, uh, the use of the, of the blades, maybe the repair and maintenance on the actual blade that you put on that piece of equipment, that type of thing, the mobilization fee. And we try to include that all on the inside the readiness fee that the client pays per month. Um, it's not a minimum uh, fee for the client, it's just they pay that much fee per month. But then in turn, we give them a much lower rate for the per inch pricing. Because with that way, we're make we make sure that in a low snow year, our costs are covered mm -hmm. for that piece of equipment that we've had to rent or we've had to outlay cash for. We want a good return on investment on that piece of equipment. But then we make sure that we're covered in a low snow year that way. Mm -hmm. And in a high snow year, because the client gets because the client's willing to pay for that piece of equipment to be stationed on their property, mm -hmm. or maybe 50% of that piece of equipment if we're dividing it over two properties, mm -hmm. we let that, we give a much to reduce rate in per inch pricing so that the client in a huge snow year is, is saving a significant amount of money on the backside. So, so you were a pretty open book in your presentation. 
you're you're targeting roughly a fifty percent gross profit margin. That's in, that's yeah. That's um, here at Snow and Ice, we we are very vague on pricing. Okay. We are very. So I'm not, I'm not going to ask you yeah, for specific right. numbers, but that's roughly the profit margin you're targeting. That's, right? In in my example, yes. In your example, so so would you would your gross profit margin still reach that fifty percent with the readiness model, or is it a bit lower? Well, so on a normal snow year. Mm -hmm. On a normal snow year, readiness versus a just a straight per inch pricing uh -huh. would be identical. Would be that fifty percent market or or margin, whatever you uh -huh. as a contractor, whatever margin you set as your target. I use right. fifty today because it was a great, just a great round number. Okay, so that that's, that's just, that was just a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yes, you should always. But however, right. <laughs> you should always be running at fifty percent. You should always be targeting fifty percent or sure. better gross margin. So, so then in in but then in the year where you're getting above average snowfall. So I understand how you're protected in a low snowfall year. Yeah. Like this year, you had one and a half mo. One and a half snows. Yeah, one and yeah. a half snows. So in a year where there's ten or twelve, what happens then? So because we give the the client a reduced rate per inch because mm -hmm. we've created a floor. We're not going to go below, in my example today, it was 35% gross margin. Uh -huh. On a no snow year, we're probably the least amount we're going to make is 35% gross margin. Mm -hmm. We've covered our rental. We've covered, you know, some fuel. We've covered the payments on that if we own it, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, on a high snow year, you know, we're giving probably um, maybe six to seven margin points away because we're only charging the client for those hours it's built in the per inch pricing, yeah. but we're willing to give the client a much a break on a high year, mm -hmm. and that's how it really becomes win-win. So on the contractor side, a win-win in a low year is mm -hmm. at least we've made some gross margin versus losing money for taking on that client's account. On a on a average snow year, for us it's 20 inches and 20 saltings. Mm -hmm. On an average snow year, it's a win-win for both of us. And then on the big snow year, um, the client is winning because they've been able to offset their um, exposure to extremely high bills. They've probably saved eight or ten percentage points on what the normal bill would have been. And so you're you're in Bloomington, Peoria, and Champaign, Illinois. Yep. Um, I heard some people in the Q and A say, "Well, hey, I'm in you know yeah. Buffalo, New York, or I'm in some of these areas that are getting huge dumps. We're getting hundred right. hundred inches yeah. a year." Do you see this model working there, or or what do you think? Well, for the people listening, who are, we have people all over the country. Yes, because even those guys, um, those contractors, have years where it doesn't snow. They sure do, right? Right. And so yeah, I don't care whether you're getting 100 inches or 20 inches, uh -huh. the model still works because you've still covered your cost for that equipment in an extremely bad year. Um, so I know some of those customers in some of those extreme markets where they're getting 100, 200, whatever those inches were, the pricing model may not work. And that's what I kept stressing. This is just another tool in the fight. If you have some seasonals and you have some readiness fee mm -hmm. and you have some per inch, right, that sure. mix across the board, right. it spreads your risk as a contractor out. Yeah, we had one of my snow clients, uh, Tori Schlanda, on the show, and he he shared how some of his clients are on kind of a readiness fee. Yeah. They're on a fixed monthly. They actually prepay for the year. He has figured out how to do this with yeah. residential. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? He's figured it out, and some of them are still on a per-push pricing model, um, and those are the, the top 20% of his clients, and he's making really good money on that. Yep. So yeah, I think you can have a mix of it. It's a tool in the in the toolbox. 
this came partly from having a business data analyst on your team yeah. who, who I've met. Yeah. Logan presented at our mastermind. That was really fascinating. Yep. I just briefly wanted to hear what what is a business analyst doing at a snow and landscape company and how much green industry experience did they have prior to you hiring them? Okay, so um, several years ago we realized we're collecting a massive amount of data between mm -hmm. the, the devices in the field that guys are logging in and out mm -hmm. of, between our all the recruiting that we've done, our website, um, mm -hmm. visits to the website, our social media posts, um, our training videos, our, mm -hmm. all this stuff, we're collecting a massive amount of data on a daily basis on products to use, on what those costs were. And we realized we were maybe using, I mean, some people claim to be using 60% of their data in this seminar. Mm -hmm. I doubt that that's true. Uh, I would say it's probably less than 10%. The I believe it. Weather data. I mean, less yeah. than 10. Like it's all the features that we have <laughs> right. in our vehicles or have in Microsoft Power BI or in Excel or, or Word, whatever you use, yeah. right? You're probably not using every feature. You're mm -hmm. using maybe the 10% of the features that you know. And I would, I would challenge that as a company, we were maybe using 5% of the data we were collecting. Mm -hmm. Sure, you're looking back at the end of the year, looking at oh, did we do well on this client or not? It wasn't a daily did we do well. It wasn't really a weekly did we do well. It was more like at the end of the year when we go to renew the contract, how did we do this year? Sure. Well, when I hired uh, the data analyst that we brought in and started the data analytics team, they started diving into the daily numbers. Like, what do we have to do on a daily basis? They weren't, mm -hmm. or monthly. You know, they start out at the monthly. What do we do monthly mm -hmm. to be successful? And then they drive down to or what do we have to do quarterly, and then it was monthly, and then what do we have to do weekly? Now, what is a successful day, data-wise, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Were we profitable on every service that we did this day? Mm -hmm. And if not, why? Right, because day equal month, month equals quarter, quarter equals year, and if you're not profitable, if you're not focused on profitable on every service that you do, mm -hmm. and what level of profitability, just one or two things can cost you margin points at the end of the year. Absolutely, and and Logan, did he study agriculture? Did he study? No, he was. Was he working uh, he in the He came green from industry? very much. He was a a two tour marine that right. uh, mm -hmm. that ended up leaving the you know getting out of after he, his tour of duty. Korean. He he is fluent in Korean. Um, so, I, I just I just thought that was a good point that came from your talk and from getting to know you that a lot of people say, oh, I can't hire anybody. I need somebody who has ten years of green industry experience and. Maybe you don't. Maybe having somebody who has no green industry experience, who comes in and drives the numbers and challenges you and, and can bring a new perspective that can change the trajectory of your company. With, with your data analytics team, there are no sacred cows. Mm -hmm. They're willing to slay anything. Like if you think you drive Fords and they think Chevys are the better option, right. or, or they see a higher production number with a given truck versus another, a piece of equipment versus another. Yeah. Like they're willing to slay that sacred thing that you're like, oh, we're not switching to Ford trucks. And believe me, with my brother, we would never switch to Ford trucks. <laughs> but, um, but as this data, the data reveals the truth, yeah. right? It does not lie. And as you start looking at this data and your production numbers and why are you doing it a certain way or why mm -hmm. are you traveling that route that way? Hey, could we use a different piece of equipment that's more efficient on this site? Like 
all these things that used to be sacred or you grow up in the green industry, when you bring someone mm -hmm. outside of the green industry that really starts to question um, why you're doing something that way, and a lot of times you, you, you like shoo them off, like leave that alone. Right. That's, that's, I love that. I like, I like, I, and a lot of times they find things that you should be more aware of. Because at, at the end of the day, yes, you want to have fun in what you're doing. You want to be, quote unquote, comfortable. But at the same time, the end of the day is net profit. The end of the day is, is happy customers produce great margins. And it doesn't matter how you get that work done, whether it's mm -hmm. autonomous mowers, whether it's a guy on a lawnmower, whether it's a guy on a different type of lawnmower, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter how that work gets completed. So your, one of your goals, your big, hairy, audacious goals is to have zero riding lawnmowers within five years, so to That's switch correct. entirely to autonomous. Yep. When I share that with people and when I see people react to that, some of them feel it's unethical or they think about all their people who are currently mowing the lawns the way they've been doing it and the, the dealer that they bought it from and, and, and the people part I, in my business is important to me. Right. I'm curious, how do you hand, how do you talk to people who are listening, who are like, wow, I, I couldn't imagine using autonomous mowers because I'm worried I'm going to lose my people and I'm here to have sure. people. Sure, and we addressed this at our company from day one. Mm -hmm. Before we ever put a mower out, we were talking to our staff about this doesn't cost jobs. In fact, you're going to get to do the things that you like to do besides sit on a lawnmower. You're gonna to get to spend more time at that client's doing bed control. The things that are important, the weeds in a bed are more important than ever mowing the grass. Um, because the client, the weeds are the first thing the client notices, mm -hmm. not if the grass was perfect. Um, and you're gonna to get to do those gardening things that a lot of our staff enjoy more so than even getting on a lawnmower mm -hmm. and riding. Uh, the quality goes up because you have no clippings, you have no, you don't have to, you know, it's just this mower, these autonomous mowers mow all day, every day. So the quality of the client goes up and the guy and the staff that we have, their sites actually look better. It allows us to then take that staff member mm -hmm. and divide him. He can do almost double the amount of revenue is what we're projecting in some instances, double the amount of revenue because he's only visiting a site every two weeks and it's only one guy instead of two people in the truck. It's only one staff versus mm -hmm. two. And he can spend more time making that site look much better because he's instead of being rushed in the spring, that grass is never getting tall. It's always mowed. So he's right. never rushing to the next account. Got to get it done. Working those late hours. He's never into his overtime. And, you know, family's important to us. We went out to the staff before we put in our first auto mower. Look, this is what's happening. You don't need to be scared for your job. We're not replacing you. We need you more than ever. And we need you focused on the value creation because mowing's no longer a value creating activity by an individual, by a person. Value creation now is done autonomously. So I'd love to keep talking with you about this and other things, but um, we've got other things to go to at the show. What, we got to walk around as twins. Well, we got to walk around as twins. I'm glad you got the memo <laughs> with the shirt today, looking good, and, uh, the, and the pants and everything. And the shoes. And the shoes. And the shoes. Right on. That's the look. So what, um, where can people see you next? You're speaking at Lawn and Landscape Technology Conference in August. What are, you, what are you presenting there? Well, first, I would like to, I, I mean, I love this SIMA show, mm -hmm. but uh, the next time that uh, I am talking at the Lawn and Landscape show, 
Uh, I believe I'll be talking on data analytics okay, at that cool. show. I'll be doing a whole presentation on that. It is one of the best shows. The I most know. expensive. You, I know. The I most expensive. Go. I go I, 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 <laughs> it is. It is. It is. But the caliber of companies there, and that's where mm -hmm. I'm at. Right. I want to go learn. Like. I like to talk in front of people, but I enjoy the lifelong learning and that thirst for knowledge more so than I even enjoy talking and sharing my knowledge. Well, I, I, find, like I find as a public speaker that I learn a lot by teaching because yeah. you like, and you were up late last night and yeah. this morning preparing your talk, you know, because getting all your ideas ready to share with people, I learn a lot about well, what, what's working, what's let's worth sharing. Let's be honest, sharing. we might be preparing a half hour before the talk. I was For still sure. moving slides. I believe it. I was still moving. Yeah. You know, you and I have shared <laughs> that we've done the same things. Yeah, every time. But that's because I want to present fresh content and I'm always talking and always learning and reflecting on what I'm doing and what's, yeah. what's worth sharing, what's new. Yeah. So cool. Well, Todd, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, appreciate and, uh, it. It was fun talking with you. Yeah, you where too. can Where can people find you if they want to network with you? Uh, ReinhardtServices.com. Uh, in fact, our new website just went live yesterday. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that performs over the coming months. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of things we want to add to it and a lot of features that we want to. Yeah, we're, we're excited to work to with you yeah. on that. Thanks yeah. for working with yeah. us. Yep. It's live. Yeah, and it is going to continue growing as, yeah. the, as the brand grows. Yeah, we've, we've got some exciting things coming. Cool. So, Well, thanks, Todd. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out today's show. If you're going to the Lawn and Landscape Tech Conference, make sure you go and see Todd's talk. Let me know what you thought of it. And if you're in Florida, if you know anyone in Florida, please invite them to come see me at the FNGLA's show, the Landscape Show, in August. Check out landscapersguide.com slash events for more details and I hope to see you there. My name is Jack Jostis and thanks for checking out the Landscapers Guide.